From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more corner pocket. Now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. The band deal with this. <laughs> mm-hmm. In my A style. <laughs> Old school. Uh-huh. Okay. Shut up. Uh-huh. Okay. What's up? Wake up. What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up War Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, practice observations, parsing words and interviews, and winner Wednesday, Corey handing out picks. I'll try to do the same. Wake Up War Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. CPTallyBar.com is the website. Or you can pull out that phone if you're listening to us in the car and you've got one of those nice infotainment screens. Pull out the phone, get the camera app. I did it yesterday just to see if that would actually work. I uh, just want to see how our, our sound quality was. I wasn't actually listening to our show. That would be weird, everybody. But you can pull out the phone, hit the QR code right on your dashboard display, and it'll take you right to the website. Um, hope you all enjoyed your Trivia Tuesday. Don't forget, coming up tomorrow, bingo at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. We'll, we will be live, Corey and I, later tonight, 6 o'clock, live show, and then be on the lookout later tonight for the Renegade Express thread. That will be your Friday show, Renegade Express and the live show will be the Thursday program. Now then, Corey Clark's here, everybody. What's up, Corey? How you feeling, big dog? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Uh, nice, nice. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. It's Miami week. Yeah. Uh, every time I talk to you, we're one day closer. We are. Uh, so, yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait to see you in South Florida, buddy. Mm, that's right. What's going on with your dogs, man? They lost their linebacker, Nolan Smith Yeah, or something that's like a bummer. That? He's that's Yeah, good. Nolan Smith, he's good, too. That's not probably the team you need to be facing when mm. you lose him for the year. Torres Peck. Uh, Aslan, gauge. you ever torn your peck? No. I remember David Castillo, now Dr. David Castillo. Mm. I think he tore his and still managed to play against the Gators in 2003, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, man, that sounds awfully painful yeah it's i heard it's just yeah it's completely gnarly but sometimes like there's no really surgery which is crazy like it's a season-ending thing but there's sometimes even in a long recovery like that there's no surgery involved you just kind of let it mend on its own i guess which is nuts like you tear a muscle you figured you need to go in there and sew it up but yeah poor fella that'll be a good game though what so we got gators aggies noon Yep. Vols, dogs, number one versus number two. Although, as we record this, we didn't wait for the college football playoff poll to come out uh, because we're not going to be in the college yeah, football they're playoff they're not mentioning poll, Florida so. State. Uh, their mistake, though, underestimate this team at your own peril. Right. Good football program. And then we got the Knowles taking on the Canes, 730 down in Miami Garden. Seven and a half point favorites still the Knowles, 53 points the over-under, which, wow. So they're expecting... High twenties, huh? I think. What are they expecting? Thirty to twenty-three, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. I'd be a little bit about right, right. I saw somebody on the YouTube channel say they would be mad if Miami scores two touchdowns. Sounds like they should brace for being angry then, based well, on those yeah, numbers. And it's uh, you well right, yeah. Vegas is expecting that. You never know. You might give them the ball at your own eight. Who knows how they scored their touchdowns? Um, if Garcia plays, they better not have a lot of. Uh, they better not have more than two like sustained drives, um, or that will be a very bad look for the defense. Because this offense, with Garcia at the helm, um, has been uh, 
you know, just impossibly bad, whether it's turning it over six times and a half or not scoring a touchdown in an entire game and some overtimes against uh, Virginia. That is not that is not a good offense with uh, Garcia at quarterback. It's not very good with Van Dyke either now, um, yeah. but it's been it was uh, a whole different type of bad with uh, with Garcia. Yeah, I think if you're the Miami fan, that's weird and listening to the show. Thanks for the thumbs up, uh, by the way. Uh, you're thinking that after he got benched against Middle Tennessee, they, they kind of gave North Carolina a little bit of a fight there in the second half. And then, you know, after he got benched, comes out against North Carolina, played fairly okay, yeah. go on the road, you beat Virginia Tech, which is not a big accomplishment, but they have a fairly respectable defense. Uh, and then you no, get hurt in no, that first drive. Defense, there are, yeah, yeah. You you could probably helped out their stats. They gave up that. Sure. Remember, they gave up that sick kid, kid from Pitt ran for three hundred yards and six touchdowns against them. <laughs> They're not. It's not Bud Foster yeah. anymore. They don't. They put that lunch pail and punted it into the sun. <laughs> it's nowhere to be. It's nowhere near Blacksburg. I just don't want our guys to overlook overlook this team, which I don't think they will. We spoke to. Ah, a lot you of them can't right. Like yeah. you can't do that. What are you looking ahead to Syracuse? Like it. I do think when you talk to the players that we got to talk to on Tuesday, we've talked to the the uh, the three coordinators and the and the head coach. Um, they, they certainly seem to to embrace how important the riot. They're saying all the right things, right? Yes. Like they certainly seem to embrace how important this rivalry is. They they are not looking at it as just another game. Uh, Norvell has made that clear. He said uh, he said yesterday in the in the pre- oh, sorry on Monday in the press conference that. There are two teams that he mentions yeah. at his first yeah. preseason meeting every yep. year. Yep. One of them is Miami. Yeah. And I bet you uh, the, the other, other one, one isn't Clemson, is... everybody. I bet you it's not Clemson, everybody. Yeah. So it, knock it, it off. It needs to be Wake Forest. <laughs> you need to take care of Wake, Mike. No, obviously the two teams he mentions are Miami, Florida. Like, he embraces these rivalries, man, which is cool. I like that aspect. I don't, I don't like when coaches like, hey, man, uh, and you're going to get coach speak out of everybody, but, hey, this is just another game to us, faceless opponent. We're worried about ourselves. No, for these weeks, Norvell really does kind of uh, up the ante of how important it is. He he embraces it. He said it before the Florida game last year, which obviously was a dud, but he said it before the Miami game last year too. Like, yeah, man, we know this is a different game. They, and they do. So uh, so that's good to hear. They're at least treating it as if it's as important as it should be. Because, it, man, look, even if it wasn't Miami, if it was just a random 4-4 four and four team on the road where you're an eight-point favorite or whatever you are, you this is a very important game for Mike Norvell in this 2022 football team. But when you ratchet up and throw the U on the side of the helmet, it makes it uh, that much more important. That, no, I, I don't agree with that. I think the whole reason this game is important is because it is Miami. I think if it was, if it was Virginia Tech 4-4 four and four on the road. No, but I guess the way I would look at it, if you lost a 4-4 four and four Virginia Tech on the road, it would be a crippling blow to this program, in my opinion. But you know what I mean? Like you, you've done all this goodwill. You, 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 you're five and three. You should be six and two. Your only three losses are to three ranked teams, and then you go on road and lose to a crappy team. That well, kind of undoes all the kind of what Miami is right now. I mean, I know well, it's I know, Miami, that, but that was my point. Like I think it would be important either way. Okay. To to not lose oh, to a four and four okay. football team. That's okay. what I'm saying. It would be it would be borderline disastrous to lose to a four and four football team no. on the road. Um, Virginia Tech. I'm, I'm speaking okay. specifically All about right. this Virginia right. Tech team. Okay. But yeah, th- this when you th- this with the context of Miami looking the way it's looked for the past well all season, um, the the way it, the way Miami has looked, the way we think you're growing, the fact that they're in their first year with a new coach. All of this stuff is in play where, man, it would be really bad to go down there and lose. 
really bad. I mean, you could explain it away maybe Aslan if there's a a couple of horrible pass interference calls or there's a a blocked punt that's not recovered. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a scenario where you'd be like, man, they just got incredibly unlucky that you outgain them by 450 yards, whatever it is. I don't know. But I can't envision a scenario where if you go down and lose this game, we're not anything but furious on Monday morning talking about it. Or sorry, Sunday talking about it. Yeah, no, well said. I mean, because it, it, it is that team. I don't think there's there's never a moment where like, ah, you know, well, at least we showed fight. You know, like the, the way we talked about right. the Notre Dame game in, in 2021, there's, there's never that sort of tone when you're talking about uh, these rivalry games. Maybe Florida 2006, but not really. Because still, you know, like they were on their way to probably go and winning a national title and you could have thwarted them and you did not. But Miami ain't going anywhere. Uh, they might right. even go to a bowl game if we take care of business. So um, they got Georgia Tech point. after that, though. And they got Clemson and then Pitt. So. Ooh, that's going to be tough. If they lose this game. Yeah, they're four and four. They lose to, yeah, that's, that makes them four and five, right? Correct. So they'd have to win. They'd have to beat two out Georgia of three. Tech, Georgia five Tech. and five. So they'd have to beat either Clemson or Pitt. So they'd have to beat Pitt. They'd have to beat Pitt and Georgia Tech, which isn't a, uh, you know, that's, that's not a no-doubter. I did uh, listen to the interview. Uh, Will Mallory, because I just saw it was tweeted out there, tight end. Uh, it's, you know, it's year 2022. We see people quoting people on, on Twitter, and I'm very much a I, – I need to hear the voice. I need to hear the tone in somebody's uh, quote. So he was talking about Tyler Van Dyke actually did practice – they might practice earlier than Florida State unless he was talking about the previous day because this interview was up quite early in the morning. But he did say that Tyler Van Dyke did practice. It was good to see him out there. Good to see him progressing is the way Mallory said it. Nothing like over the top. But like when you read that at face value, you're like, oh, wow, man, like he's out there. He's doing real good. But it was kind of like, yeah, he's out there. It looks good. Good to see him progressing. Just, you know, I have to say something generic and not give anything away. But I guess the fact that he is out there practicing, the fact that Mario did say they're going to get him prepared, again, the fact that that line did go down from nine points Sunday night to seven and a half now, even three days later, probably points to the fact that he'll be there. And, and that, again, makes the game maybe a little bit more of a of a trap, we'll see. if you will. We'll see. I don't know that I'm convinced. Um, there'd be no reason for Cristobal to say, yeah, he's out. No. He's not playing. You know what I mean? I mean, this is there, there is gamesmanship that comes along with this. I'm not saying he's not going to play. But to your point about ask Coach Fuller, you asked such a, such a good question, but you kept going on, so I think he, he got distracted. But you talked about, you get it, man. Like, Jeff Sims doesn't play. That's a difference in how you have to prepare for Georgia Tech. But, like, Miami, if Tyler Van Dyke versus Jake Garcia, are they really running anything all that much different? So I don't know like, how much Mario really gains by saying, hey, you know, we might have the other guy. I mean, you almost do yourself a disservice because you're like, okay, well, we gotta we gotta ratchet up and be ready because that kid might have something, one last gasp left in him. But if you knew it was Garcia the whole time, you're like, all right, might oh, be a little yeah, tougher to get out of bed at five in the clock in the morning right, to go practice. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that, that's fair. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we'll see though. I, I um, you know, it would be it was supposed to like you said it was supposed to be a three or four week injury. This would be two. Um, it was his throwing shoulder. Um, it's going to be, you know, I can't imagine he's going to be 100% even if he is playing. But, yeah, I would say not that Tyler Van Dyke in this offense has been anything special at all. It not. It, it just completely not. Uh, he was not moving up and down the field against Duke when he got hurt. Um, and then he had lost the, all the games before that. So, um, 
He'd been benched, right? He was benched yeah. against Middle in Tennessee. The, in the middle of the Middle Tennessee State yeah. game. They gave him the hook. Yeah. Um, so, um, and then the Virginia Tech game he played, he played decently. They got up to a 20 to nothing lead and then kind of fell apart and almost blew that game. Yep. So he's not been any, he, it's not been special with him this year at all. But you got to imagine a, a 75% uh, Van Dyke is better than 100% Garcia. Uh, that gives them probably a little bit better chance. Um, but still, you are the better team. You have proven to be the better team. Your defense, I think, is as good as their defense, probably even-ish. Um, and your offense is world's better. So that should be enough for you to go down there and win, no matter who their quarterback is. But yeah, you you know, that kid has a little bit more big game experience. He's played in this rivalry game before. Um, so that that should help if it's Van Dyke. But man, he doesn't have a ton of weapons. And he's well, probably sore. I think Restrepo supposed to be back. He was their leading receiver, I think, before he went down. And that Colby Young kid has emerged here in the last few yeah. weeks. But to your point, yeah, there's uh, he emerged no to the point last week of them not scoring a touchdown. Yes, like he's a nice player, and he he is somebody that it didn't feel like they they didn't have anybody in the A and M game. Like there was nobody you could count on. So the Colby Young kid is at least a player. He's a guy that you have to account for. But overall, when you take a step back and look at this Miami offense. What would be a good game for them? I you mean, know, what, that, that 20 number, points, 24 yeah. points. I mean, if they score 24, I'd, I, mean, I know it's, if I guess, ah, uh, it's tough. I get it. But you never, you know, what if they score 24 because you gave them the ball at the 35 a couple of times? Um, and they, well, they have they 280 had the yards ball, of offense. They had the ball on the two yard line against Virginia. Hey, and they times. got it in the end zone. Aslan, they got it in the end zone there. Garcia dove in for the win. <laughs> All-time great moment in Miami football history. Um, So, yeah, I I would think that the defense would have to play. Well, look, man, and and that's why I was so, um, you know, I was so hard on the defense after the Clemson game because that's not a good offense either, and you made it so easy for them at times, really easy. I mean, you score six straight times giving up touchdowns. I don't care where they get the ball. That's ridiculous. Same thing here. Um, Clemson's offense is better than Miami, um, but it's not that much better than Miami's, uh, and you made it look, like 2018 Clemson. So this defense, if it comes to play and doesn't give up free points, doesn't give up just walk-in touchdowns, makes Miami earn it, you're looking at the the most you should expect without some catastrophic turnover bad luck is like 20 to 21 points. 20 to 23 points, I'm sorry. that That's it, right? Yeah. Like this yeah. Miami team hasn't scored that against anybody. So they scored nine against A&M. They scored basically three against Virginia. Yeah, they're power five opponents. They've scored nine against A&M, 24 against North Carolina, 20 against Tech, 21 against Duke, and then 14 against Virginia in four overtimes. Yeah. So you add all that together, they should – the average is probably about 16 points a game. So if you hold them to their average, you should win by two touchdowns, in my opinion. Yeah, that BC game really – or BC as in Bethune-Cookman is really what's uh, skewed their stats. Their total offense is 45th in the country, averaging over 422 yards. Uh, their scoring offense is 76th, 27.4 points. But as and we what did they score against there, Bethune? 70. Oh, get out of here. Did they really? Yeah. yeah. So if you take that off the board, oh boy, they have like the 100th best offense in the country. Probably. Come on, man. What are we talking about? And that Van Dyke has played most of the year. You... You cannot. That's. I mean, I'm almost. I'm almost agreeing with the YouTube commenter. Like more than two touchdowns, your defense has failed you. If if it, they were like legitimate drives or long plays, you you can't in this game. 
especially this defense, which is kind of a bend but don't break anyway. It doesn't give up a ton of points and gives up almost no explosive plays um, other than that one against Clemson. Well, there's a couple against Clemson. But um, other than those plays, they're really good about keeping everything in front. If they do that and just play like they can play, especially with Lovett and Verse mm-hmm. back, the, the more you think about it, it's like what has to go really wrong for Florida State to lose this game? I just think they're a much better football team. Feels so yeah, something has yeah, to go wrong absolutely. for them to yes. lose this game. Yes, absolutely. Florida State will have to lose that game. Miami won't win it. Florida, I mean, I know that sounds cheesy, but uh, just to underscore his core points, again, you're, you're more talented than they are on across the board. And I know it's not your quarterback versus their quarterback, but it's your offensive line against their defensive line, which I know is pretty stout. But otherwise, the matchups just seem to favor Florida State across the board. And there's no reason to think that you're going to play a, a B-minus game and, and lose that game. You're going to have to do some blunders, some really head-scratching things are going to have to go wrong, and you're going to have to be the one that's doing it because I don't think it's going to be Miami really putting all that much stress on you, at least in terms of their offense scoring points. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Also, Restrepo did return last week against Virginia, played 16 snaps. So, got a little okay. tune up there. Right. So, he's probably a little – he's going to be more – closer to himself. He's a uh, – he's more of a slot guy, yes. right? Yes, 5'10", okay. 195, uh, started off in the uh, – started the – played the first two games in the slot and also the Virginia game. I don't have the full breakdown of his snaps because you guys don't care that much. He's their Ja'Kai Douglas. Mm. By the way, oh, shout out to Ja'Kai yeah, Douglas, man. absolutely. He uh, – uh, that guy – Hot take, hot take – more valuable of a – actually, I should say valuable because Micah returns kicks. Uh, Ja'Kai Douglas, better offensive weapon than Micah Pittman, hot take. I don't – I. it's hard to say – but it, it's hard to say that's completely incorrect. Um, they're so different, right? Like they played I the tried same to position. find that out. Coach Norvell gave me a good answer. I tried to No, he didn't. Him. It's a tough one to answer, but – I, it's but they're they're different, right? They play the same position, but they have such unique skills. That's how what Norvell caused it. But they're so different skills. I don't think they're unique. But Pittman doesn't have a lot of separation. And when you watch him in one on ones, even against DBs, where there's the whole field to work with, and it's one on one, no safety help, no linebackers in front. Um, he can sometimes struggle to get away from the people that are covering him in just a one on one setting. Um, Jakai Douglas never struggles with that, ever. He just he he is in space like with a lot of grass room to run. There's nobody on the field that can stay with Jakai Douglas in a one-on-one scenario. He's just too quick and too fast. He's just hard. But football isn't played one-on-one. There's ten other dudes out there. Well, twenty other dudes actually. The guy you're you and the guy you're guarding. Twenty-one. So Micah Pittman does a very good job of of making tough catches, first down catches, absorbing contact, the stuff that maybe Jakai hasn't proven he can do well. Micah does well, but then Ja'Kai does some things that Micah can't do. So it's a nice little balance that they have, man. They're both sophomores, I think. Maybe Pittman's a junior. I don't know. But, um, yeah, man, Ja'Kai Douglas, you see what was missing. Like, you have a slot guy that is a mismatch. Micah Pittman isn't a, an athletic mismatch 
with like a, you know, a nickel or a safety or even sometimes a linebacker. Cause he's not, he's not like this. He's not nearly as like fast Explosive, twitch as yeah. Ja'Kai Douglas. Yeah. He's not, he's not a sprinter speed guy like Ja'Kai Douglas. Ja'Kai Douglas is a mismatch, man. And uh, yeah, it's good to have him out there. You can see he's had a, he had the touchdown catch and he's had two touchdowns in a row in back-to-back games. And then he also had like a 27 yard catch earlier in that game. Like he, he gets separation. And that's something they've been kind of missing from the slot. But Pittman has serves a a, a very valuable role as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I'm being a little bit tongue in cheek there, and I know it sounds like I'm diminishing Micah, but I'm not. I mean, I think Micah again, he's just been a, a very valuable addition to this program uh, by virtue of him just returning punts and being sure-handed back there. But obviously, he's made some really good, important catches and continues to do so pretty much every day we're out there at practice. But Jakai just felt like. Oh, yeah, they got Ja'Kai Douglas. And, and then the fact that he wasn't able to go really during preseason and then he was kind of like, it, it seemed like a throw-in news bit as we were getting ready for the Clemson. I'm like, oh, hey, yeah, by the way, Ja'Kai Douglas is finally out there, full participant. Uh, but you're counting on, you know, your your bigger body guys, your more heralded recruits, if you will. And then Ja'Kai is just, you know, motoring along, doing really well for you here early on in the season. So just it's one of those things where I think it kind of gets – shown to us at practice where you're like man like is that zero again like just in one-on-one stuff where you see him just absolutely giving them the business and it's like all right man this kid uh could be something but you know we we had said that we've said that for since the spring right like man in one-on-one scenarios especially in shorts jakai douglas can't be guarded like he just can't but he's five nine one seventy Five nine one ninety three corner to PF. One ninety three. Come on now, Jakai. Yeah, I didn't know you were packed like that. There you uh, go, Jakai. He's <laughs> in the weight room, staying in the weight room, this kid. Um, but you nobody should cover him. That's an impossible cover with a bunch of green grass to 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 try to tra- track him down on. But in games it wasn't necessarily and I and I'm talking about even in team drills, it wasn't necessarily translating into like making big plays and team portions of the practice. But now it is starting to, right? Like that yes. you can see he is a legitimate weapon and he is only, I think a sophomore. Um, it's hard to remember with the COVID stuff, but man, that you, you see, you see why there's a, there's potential there, man. Like that, you think about all the guys they could have coming back next year, which might be literally their entire offense, except for Dylan Gibbons um, and Demetri Emanuel, I guess uh, that's, it, it, it kind of gets you, wets the whistle a little bit as long gets you pretty excited about what could be. What did you ask me at practice? You're like, what if everybody returns next year? Some question about what if everybody returns? Who's, I guess, like who would be the number two receiver? No, I asked if, um, because Pokey, Pokey's leaving. Yeah. So if everybody that you want to come back comes back in the receiving core, obviously Johnny Wilson's one of the out wide guys. You've got Micah and Ja'Kai in the slot, split in time or both in the slot. Who's the other dude out wide? Who's the other receiver out wide opposite Johnny Wilson? And what'd you say? What did we agree on? I said transfer portal, probably. Yeah, you did. I said maybe Deuce, maybe Portier, Williamson. Um, like, those guys have shown flashes. Williamson, I mean, that's the best, I don't know, four-play stretch or FSU receivers had in a long time, and then he's out for the – I don't know who knows how long. But, uh, but yeah, man, th- those guys will be in the mix, but you're right. A portal guy, imagine what you have now, and then you think about – and kind no disrespect of, to Malik McLean, but it just hasn't seemed to yeah, come on as quickly no, as we hoped. I, I, so. I would be surprised. Malik would have to make a jump, yes. not because he's gotten worse or anything, or even stagnated. He's probably better than he was last year. The level of the room has risen yeah. considerably. Yes, um, and that not just Johnny and Pittman and Deuce. I'm talking about the 
the the other guys around him that have been here. They they've raised their level of, of play. But you think about the leap of faith that like Pittman and Johnny Wilson took to come play for this offense when it hadn't done a whole lot. Like we you've read the numbers, guys. They're they averaged 108 less yards per game last year. They were one of the worst passing teams in the country. Um, averaged 26 points a game and 300. They were just all, they were not a good offense. They were a, a, a bad offense. Well, now think about kids in the transfer portal looking at these numbers and watching these highlights at, at that position. It's like, oh man, I want to go play there. Like that's what this season can do. So you might have your pick of one or two of the better portal kids in the country. Now, I don't know if you're going to go get like Ohio State's fourth wide receiver or if you're going to go get the best receiver at FIU, a kid that's setting records or something. But you will have, because of what Micah Pittman and Johnny Wilson have been able to do, you will have, in the way Jordan Travis looks and this offense just looks in general, you're going to have uh, options in the portal next year. Really good ones probably at the wide receiver position. Maybe it, we don't know what 13 is going to do, but maybe at the quarterback position too. Yeah, I just think uh, the the more he keeps playing like this, which sounds weird, counterintuitive. I just think I think there's more onus on this program's uh, funding to find a way to keep him around. And I think maybe he would want to stick around, uh, especially the way he talks about the team and how much he loves them and how close they are. Right? I mean, if they end up finishing the season the way they're capable of, it might be hard to walk away from maybe being a third, fourth round pick. Uh, if you know you're bringing back the band and like, shoot, man, we might be able to mess around and win this conference. And if you do that, you might be able to play for the big trophy. So, but we got we got play more I mean, road to plow before we get there. Yeah, let's let's slow down there. I get it. Um, hey, Mr. Yeah. Top Five quarterback in the country, I can't. Uh, so Anselm tries to be a little optimistic. He's shooting for the stars, right? Uh, so I just. Uh, by the way, we I want to talk about that real quick in a second. Um, I think one of your burner accounts uh, 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 asked a question on headlines. Oh, um, but uh, yeah. So I was looking up the uh, the uh, the offensive ratings. The Fimrau guy, the yeah, guy you sometimes the efficiency guys, just to see what he had Miami at because he takes out the, uh, the garbage games, the, like Bethune. the garbage games. Yeah, the games no against the FCS. Now I don't know if he did that for Florida State last year because you know they lost one of those. Feel like maybe that should have <laughs> counted, but it didn't. But so for him, he has Florida State as the 16th best offense in the country, which seems about right. Okay. And Miami at 89. Oof. Between Troy and Indiana. Large gap. Behind Vanderbilt. Ooh. Behind Florida Atlantic. Behind UAB. Behind UL Monroe. Behind Buffalo. Uh, behind NC State even. And we all know how bad NC State's been. So that's what you're looking at, folks. Sorry, Florida State's 19th in this. Ohio State, probably not surprising, is number one. Tennessee's number two. Um so, yeah, man, that's that, that's what you're looking at with this Miami offense. You take Bethune away, you're talking about one of the 30 worst offenses in the country. Uh, power five, probably one of the 10 worst power five offenses in the country. So don't give them reason to be hopeful, man. You've done it twice with Clemson. Clemson has had two bad offenses in a row, or at least last year's Clemson offense was horrific. This year's was just kind of average. And you've given them hope and confidence so early in each of those games. I know you had the lead in the fourth quarter against Clemson last year, but they had 240 yards of offense at half against you last year. And then this year they scored six straight times. Go into this, and I bring it up because it's a rivalry game. Go into this game, a rivalry game, and completely establish dominance against a bad unit. And that offense at Miami is a bad unit. It is, it is almost Boston College, Georgia Tech bad. Not quite. 
because they do have some players out wide. They got a good tight end, and the quarterback has proven he can make some plays. But good running back line, too. Harry, Henry Parrish is he's yeah he's not bad. Yeah. Not Roscoe Parrish's kid, by the way. Oh, in yeah. fact, his dad is apparently a Florida State fan. Ira told us. Ah. Um, we which did is recruit odd, him. Right? Yeah, we, we, we I think we recruited oh, okay. him. All right. Yeah. So um. So so yeah, but so they have they have more weapons clearly than than Georgia Tech and Boston College, but their their production is a is not much better. So go treat them like you treated Georgia Tech and Boston College, and not treat like like don't turn them into you know two thousand one Miami. I, I you know it's, I had to go further back to get to a good Miami offense. Clemson was a lot closer in my brain. I was like, what was Miami good again on offense? Oh yeah, twenty one years ago. But um, so yeah, that's that's. That's what I want to see, man. I want to see you you have really no excuse not to kind of control the game defensively, which is what you kind of asked Fuller uh, on Monday, right, about dictating terms. Yes, yes. Like, yeah, man, go, go, go control this game. I don't expect you to dominate it. You don't have a bunch of NFL dudes on your defense, but you could control this game, at least like, um, you know, Middle Tennessee did, Duke did. Like, go, you, they're not going to turn it over eight times. I get it. Uh, some of that was turnover luck, bad luck. Some of it was awful throws by Garcia. But this offense is not good. Virginia can tell you that. Mm. Uh, Duke can tell you that. Virginia Tech, who has a bad defense, can tell you that. Go go handle them, man. Don't, don't get pushed around. Don't get down early. Don't give up big plays. Just go play competent defense and get out of there with a win. Am I right, Aslan? Are you with Absolutely. me? Absolutely. I'm with you, man. Let's go. I got the flag. I'm running up the hill. You love football, and you love telling all your friends how good you are at picking games. Why not make some money? You can do that over at MyBookie. MyBookie.ag, the biggest online selection of odds and contests for all your sports betting needs, including Moneybag, a one-of-a-kind opportunity to spin for crazy odds on prop and futures. Place a bet, spin the wheel, and get epic odds on the best teams, athletes, and events. Sign up. Over at mybookie.ag, use the promo code WARCHANT. Your deposit will be matched instantly, dollar for dollar, up to $1,000. Went back to the film. Shout out to, I forgot who it was on uh, my DMs or whatever. It was like, hey, man, you actually got one right. Uh, it was minus 23 Michigan on Michigan State, and it was a 22-point Michigan victory. So I went one for three as well, Corey. So I'm nipping at your heels now. Oh, I'm there you go, man. Heels, I thought so. I went one, one, and one. Well, we actually, no, you're right. You're two and one. You was a push. Okay. Virginia okay. Miami is a push. We'll give it to you. So you're one ahead of me. Let's go ahead and uh, give me your, your three. We'll go with you first since you're in the lead. Okay, I'm going to start in the, in this great conference of ours. Um, Duke and Boston College. I think you said Duke is plus 10. Or Sorry, Duke is minus 10. Yes. Um, at Boston College. Yes. And look, gang, I know Boston College just lost 13-3 to to UConn. I get it. That's gross. It's an awful day for the conference. It's an awful look. I'm never going to trust Duke giving double digits on the road in an ACC game. Or what are we doing? So I, I think Boston College is going to rally. Okay. I think they're going to put up more than three points. And I'm going to take Boston College plus 10 at home Atta to boy. cover. Boy. Okay. How about some big boy football? Yeah, now we're going to go to the real conference. Uh, we're going to go to the SEC. I'm going to take Tennessee plus eight. I think that's going to be a last possession type of game. Um, I don't trust... I think Georgia's going to move the ball because a lot of people move the ball against Tennessee, but I think Tennessee's going to score. I think Tennessee's offense travels. I think that kid's he could maybe win himself the Heisman if he has a solid game in Athens. Georgia's out one of their best defenders. Uh, Jalen Carter, who knows if he's ever going to be completely healthy. So this is not obviously the Georgia defense of last year. They probably feel a little confidence, maybe a little shaken after giving up some points to Florida. 
So I, I'm not saying I think Tennessee's going to win, but I do think Tennessee getting eight points will cover that. I think that's going to be uh, like a three- or four-point game. All right. How about the uh, de facto SEC West Championship game? That's your other pick? Yeah, man. So LSU's getting 14 at home or 13 Yeah, against true. Alabama? Yeah. Yeah, I got LSU. At night, I think Alabama's going to win. I think that LSU team's pretty talented. They're playing well. That that is not the best Alabama team we've seen in a long time. That's that's crazy. They still get in these crazy numbers. They're favored by these many num- these many points on the road. I think that's going to be a one score game too. So I like LSU getting uh, almost two touchdowns worth of points. All right, mine not nearly as sexy and seductive. I'm taking the underdogs, baby. Yeah, I'm taking the underdogs in all of them. Uh, my South Alabama Jags. They're uh, getting three and a half oh, points on the road at Georgia Southern. Uh, we're just gonna we're gonna lean back on what we know. We're gonna say that South Alabama will win that game by more than three points at Georgia Southern. Liberty getting thirteen and a half at Arkansas. My guy Hugh Freeze just signed a big deal at Liberty, eight year extension. But I still think he might have an eye on Auburn. This might be an audition. Like, hey, psst, psst, forget about me. I think they'll keep it closer than uh, two touchdowns against Arkansas. And then Oklahoma State, who was absolutely thoroughly embarrassed last week in Manhattan. Uh, they're catching two at Kansas. Uh, I think they'll get some revenge in Lawrence. Uh, they'll win that one strong, I think. Spencer Sanders will come out firing. So, okay. All uh, right. Those are my three games. We'll keep tabs on it. We'll let you know Monday, and then we'll give you a whole new batch of picks on Wednesday. Go to mybookie.ag, make your own picks. Use that promo code WARCHANT. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What was this about a burner account on the headlines? Uh, quarterback so, stuff, so- what's going on? Yeah, the last question that we took in hour number two of uh, headlines was somebody saying, well, one of you guys talking to Iron Jeff, please tell Corey, uh, talk some common sense into him. Actually, it was not as kind as that. Uh, but he keeps saying that Jordan Travis is one of the top five quarterbacks in the country and how absurd that is. Um, and then Jeff's like, are you saying he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the country? And I'm like, well, I don't know that I've said that. I know that I've, I've quoted pro football focus. Okay. As saying he like right now, I'm just looking at the grades. Right. Uh, he is the he's the third ranked quarterback in the country, behind Drake May and a kid from Ohio. Bryce Young is fourth. Hendon Hooker is fifth. Now, are you asking Corey Clark? Do I think Jordan Travis is as good as Bryce Young? No, I do not. Pro Football Focus has him ranked one ahead of him. But my my contention is the guys like oh it, Jeff's like ah oh, he might be top twenty, and we didn't get into it because literally we were ending the show. Oh, okay. but I think that's as a just thinking that they're and especially if we just keep it to power five schools. Yeah. Come on, man. What are there sixty power five schools in the country? Something like that, fifty something. You're telling me Jordan Tra- there's like forty guys better or twenty guys better than Jordan Travis? That's just not because tra- I'm re- I'm looking at the names. So I'm gonna ask you. Okay. Bryce Young, yes, right? Yes. Drake May, North Carolina. Go with him. Ah, push. Okay. He's number one. He's ranked number one in the country right now. Yeah. Um, Hendon Hooker. Uh, Hendon Hooker is better. Yes. Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is more talent, physically talented. I don't know how yes. he's producing, yeah. but I'll take Caleb Williams. And he's. I'm just. Re- I'm going down the list. Yeah. To his brother at Maryland. No. Cameron Rising at Utah. Oh, 
They did. I mean, I don't know what was worse, the NC State throw or the throw against Florida in the swamp. It's tough. I think yeah. I think the Florida throw, just because of where they were on the field and that they had a kicker. Yeah. You know, right. so it was a different. But yes, that's a those are really bad throws. Uh, Garrett Schrader at Syracuse. Oh, absolutely not. Tommy DeVito at Illinois no. from Syracuse. Yeah, no, no. Shout out Brett Bielema, reclamation Bo, project. Bo Nix. Oh. Yeah, I'll say Bo Nix. Okay, I would disagree with you there, but that's no. fair. That's fine. I, I think Jordan Travis would be a Heisman contender if he was playing in the Pac-12 in that offense, but that's that's fine. Um, Max Duggan at TCU, you could say, sure, I guess. I haven't watched enough of him. No. Jaden Daniels at LSU, I would guess you'd say no to that. I'd say, uh, yeah, no, he's better. Yeah, he's better. An edge, yeah, an edge better, yeah. C.J. Stroud. No. I assume you'd go with C.J. Yes, Stroud. correct. Well, correct. Stetson Bennett. I don't know. I'll defer to you. I'll trust your judgment on that one. Oh, Jordan Travis is better than Stetson okay. Bennett. Uh, I think Stetson Bennett is probably a more natural thrower of the football in the sense that he he makes some of those throws like sidearm, dipsy-doo, drop-it-in-a-bucket type throws, but he also makes some horrific mistakes that don't matter. Um, he's a very good athlete, too. He runs about as much as Jordan does these days. But I think I think if Jordan Travis is the quarterback last year at Georgia, they still are, are celebrating the 2021 National Championship. We can even call it a push if we want. I think Jordan Travis is a little more talented than him. And then let's so Casey Thompson in Nebraska. Man, Casey Thompson's had a really good season. I like Casey Thompson, man. I, he's I, thrown 10 picks. I don't like that, though. Wow, really? He's right. thrown 10 picks? Yeah. Um, Michael Penix at Washington State. No, he's in Washington, Washington. I'm sorry. And then uh, DJ, our guy at Clemson. So that's about 15 guys that are ranked in the top, 15 or so Power 5 quarterbacks. Other than the obvious choices, you can't say for sure, oh, I would take DJ over Jordan Travis. I'd take Stetson Bennett over Jordan Travis. I'd take Penix over Jordan Travis. Like, that's the thing. People here, when you say you think he's a top 10 quarterback, look around the country, man. It's not like I'm saying he's better than 2014 Marcus Mariota or 2013 Jameis or, or this year's Bryce Young. I'm not. But there aren't a lot of elite quarterbacks. Where was UCLA's quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, DTR? I think that kid, that kid's pretty solid, man. I like UCLA's quarterback. Uh, He's not in the top 50, buddy, uh-huh. by the pro football rankings. And our man uh, Sam Hartman is at 35. And you might take Sam Hartman over Jordan Travis, right? What about Spencer Sanders at Oklahoma State? Yeah, other than last week, he's actually had a pretty good year. I'll throw this guy nope. out here. I mean, I know, I know we don't want to go too far into weeds, but the guy from Coastal Carolina, that Grayson McCall kid. Yeah, he's ranked high, too. I okay. just didn't include him because he's, he's not power, power five. five. Okay, I got you. Right, so yeah, he's, sure he's uh, between Clayton Toon from Houston. What a name, Clayton Toon. <laughs> and uh, Max uh, Dugan, or Duggan. Duggan. Duggan? Duggan. Duggan from uh, TCU. So he's four, 15th. Duggan. Um, okay. Right behind Bo Nix, right ahead of Jane Daniels. Yeah, he's got 23 total touchdowns, over 2,000 yards throwing, and nearly 70% completion percentage. I know yeah, the, 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 guy, the, the kid from the, uh, the schedule, the schedule, I get it, but still, it's, he's yeah. had a really good career. It's, it's been, oh, he has. And, I, and look, man, look, Jordan Travis is ranked 32 spots ahead of Sam Hartman. I'm not sure if you ask me right now who I'd rather have as a quarterback that I would say Jordan Travis over Sam Hartman. Yeah. Sam Hartman can make plays, but it's so hard to judge because the offenses are so different. It's Absolutely. such a weird, goofy offense. You don't know how Jordan Travis would do in that offense. You don't know how Sam Hartman would do here. Sam Hartman is clearly better and has been better in that offense than he runs than Jordan Travis has been in the offense he runs. But, I mean, look at what the Florida State offense is doing this year, man. They're averaging 480 yards per game. 
uh, I, I just the point being, saying Jordan Travis is one of the best quarterbacks in the country, it's not disputable. Because who out of those names are you saying, oh, he's absolutely better? You're you're high. This guy is so much better. It's not Tommy DeVito, and it's not Garrett Schrader at Syracuse. Uh, there, because we we when you watch a a kid, what do we say? He's dropped back. He's had 490 plays this year. Yes. yes. Everybody, most people listening to this show right now have watched all 490 plays. Yes, there have been dozens of bad ones. But if you had watched every game of Utah, you would say, "God, Cam Rising, come on, man!" And not just the Florida game. There are they, they miss, they, they they miss throws. They make bad reads. They do inexplicable things. All quarterbacks do. By and large, Jordan Travis, I think, has is one of the uh, you know top ten quarterbacks. Just you heard the names in Power Five football, and it's hard. I, I shouldn't. Where's Quinn know, Ewers? At? Is Quinn Ewers on that list? Or is way too. I mean, May hasn't had enough. No, reps. he might, and he might not have played enough. Yeah, because I'm doing only. You had to take fifty percent right. of the dropbacks, so you. he might not. He might not qualify because of that. But you know, when when I'm just talking about the top ten, when you're talking about Drake May. A kid from Ohio is number two. Jordan Travis is three. Bryce Young is four. Hendon Hooker is five. Yeah. Caleb Williams is six. Kid from uh, UTSA is seventh. Two his brother Frank is Wilson, eight. Frank Wilson, huh? He's that high. Yeah, they, yeah. they love him in yeah. San Antonio, man. He's a, yeah, he's Frank, a yeah, Frank Harris. Harris, sorry. And then Cameron Rising is 10th, and Garrett Schrader is 11th. And DeVito is 12th. Bo Nix is 13th. But like, see, those but names, especially the back end of those names, you're not, you're not saying Jordan Travis is obviously worse than those guys i know but at the same time when tommy devito and garrett schrader in the top 10 of a list how serious should we take a list well they've had good years though okay but i mean bo nix is third he's right there i mean drake well, may is number one and bryce young's fourth so they get some of it right well bo the, nix the point being i, I was just using those names as like i yeah. went through all the names right i was just using that as a starter so i could remind myself of what the names are and when you when you hear these names and you watch these other kids play you're not blown away by them and being like man imagine him imagine what florida state could be with him no other than bryce young hinden hooker caleb probably williams. caleb williams yeah. um you know and there's probably th three or four others maybe drake may if that's your cup of tea at north carolina those kids always put up good numbers but he's been very very impressive but so is jordan travis and so that 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 was the guy took great umbrage that i said and i did not maybe i did i I think he's one of the top 10, 12 quarterbacks in the country. Um, I don't think he's probably a top five quarterback in the country. I was quoting PFF, who has him the third best quarterback in the country, which is probably too high. But that's the level he's been playing at, which is very, very good. And if you take away the stupid second half against NC State, yeah, man, I, I might say he's one of the top, the five best quarterbacks in the country or has played like that. But that half did happen. And that loss did happen. And he had two horrible interceptions, and they scored nary a point. Um, which, if you're going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the country, on the road, with the lead, you can't go an entire half without scoring a point. So that's a big ding. I don't think Caleb Williams would have gone an entire half without scoring a point. I don't think maybe... Quarters, man. We got, I mean, we got some quarters. You yeah. know, important quarters against Wake but Forest. Also, like, like, not that when you hurts. think about the NC State game, too, like you know, Malik McClain did drop a touchdown. Johnny Wilson did drop an enormous first down and another pass. I'm sure these like, other guys have had some drops, too. Yeah, well, you know what? Yeah. I looked that up, actually. Oh, um, bring it, Corey. Yeah, I looked it up. So if you look at the top 12 guys, like, yeah, so Jordan Travis has had 12 drops. Drake Mays had 10. Bryce Young's had 14. Hendon Hooker's had 10. Caleb Williams has had 16. They're all right around the 12 to 14 area. 
But that the the those were a couple of those were just critical, awful drops. And I'm talking about that one game against NC State. But yeah, by and large, man, the, the receivers at Florida State have been good. The quarterback's been good. Now I say all that knowing that he could go down there in South Florida and turn it over nine times. I get it. Through eight games, he has been one of the better quarterbacks in the country. There's just no way to argue. And what's crazy about it, Aslan, to me, is his legs have barely been a factor. Like the only yeah. time he's run for 100 yards this year was in a game they lost. And it's just, you, we talked about it on headlines, and I think you agree with it. Like getting into the red zone this last month of the season, you didn't have to do it against Georgia Tech because you overwhelmed them. But starting Saturday, and then obviously at Syracuse and that last game after Thanksgiving, when you get inside the 10 or 8-yard line or even 20, man, 13's got to use his legs some. It, you, you, that, that's where I think you can, you can get over some of your red zone woes is making him more of a running threat. Not just, hey, man, read the defensive end, and if he crashes down, pull it. No, man, even if just a straight run, a quarterback draw, a rollout where he has the ability to run or throw. Get him on the move more inside the 10 or 15-yard line because it's so hard to score down there. It's so tight that giving yourself an extra option out wide with an athlete like that is something they haven't really done a lot this year, and I think maybe now's the time to do it. Am I right, Aslan? Pull the trigger on that thing. Yeah, and what, what are you waiting for if that's something that you want to be part of your offense? I just Part of me also does worry about his durability. I know we've talked about when he has been hurt, it's been in the pocket, but it's because he hasn't really scrambled a lot, man. And when he, when he does scramble, he kind of has a good, I guess, you know, knack of sort of absorbing stuff. But, man, when he hits the ground, bad things usually happen. So you let him run around too much, maybe he actually gets planted, and then, you know, you got to roll out to Tate. But, hey, Tate's got experience down there in Hard Rock. So this time around it'll be a little bit uh, smoother. But, no. I was looking at this Grayson McCall kid. All these kids that I'm looking at. By the way, Spencer um, the Sanders striking strike from the record. I forgot. He's, he's not just last week, but he's had a couple games where he's only had one Oh, touchdown. man, that's right. They they lost 48 to nothing last week. Yeah, Aslan. Really Come on now. Get him out. Well, well career-wise. his name out of Jordan Travis. Don't, he don't associate him with Jordan Travis. I'm, I'm talking kind of over. I mean, if we're talking this season, then absolutely, Jordan. But, I mean, you know, some of these guys, I'm looking at their entire body of work of, like, who I'd want. Absolutely, um, and that's why, you know, Sam Hartman gets dinged a lot. I don't know what he was ranked last week, but he went down, I'm sure, quite a bit with, you know, six, five turnovers in a quarter. But he's had a great career, um, and he certainly outplayed. I thought he outplayed Jordan that day, um, and he's outplayed. Well, he didn't. Jordan got hurt the game before, but Sam Hartman, I I could understand saying, well, that's ludicrous. You wouldn't rank Sam, Jordan Travis ahead of Sam Hartman. I get it. Sam Hartman's been good. There's probably some other names on that list too. Maybe you guys like the kid from UCLA. I think playing on the West Coast against no defensive lineman skews things a little bit, um, but. That said, there are very there are other good quarterbacks around the country. I just think Florida State fans need to appreciate you got one too. You got one. It wasn't the guy maybe we wanted. We're still all waiting for Malik Henry or whoever else to show up or Chubba Purdy, all these other higher profile recruits, uh, A.J. Duffy. But this kid has turned into a good college quarterback, maybe a, a very good college quarterback, at least through eight games. And I think we should appreciate that. But what I was looking at, Aslan, and I was looking at all these guys from the, the non-Power 5 schools that are ranked high, and I, I, I hate to inform you, but like the Curtis Rourke kid from Ohio. Our guy. Yeah, he's, uh, he's uh, draft eligible this year. Oh. The kid from UTSA, Frank Harris, is draft eligible. Hmm. I'm going to check on the Holton Allers from East Carolina. He's draft eligible. So if Jordan leaves, you want to go 
plug that plug that hole back up, and I don't know if you're going to be able to do it with a with a with a great player. Which well. is a bummer. Tommy DeVito, maybe he, maybe he, no, he's got to be draft eligible. So maybe Sam, maybe Sam Hartman will transfer for his last year. He's tired of running that nonsense offense. That's the that's the weird thing about this. It's for a guy like me that was very cynical and skeptical about Jordan early on, and ultimately was I've been proven wrong about the way he's played this season. Listening to you co-hosting a show with you and and some of the data you just threw out there, and you think about this team where they're at now, where they can be next year. Um, what if he really is much better than I than I value him at, and maybe even a little bit better than you value him at, and then you lose him, you know? Then because you talked about we talked about this earlier in the season, we should probably not go down this bridge. It's Miami; we've got more urgent fish to fry. But when we talked about, you know, you might lose Fabian. You have Jared Verse keeps playing well. Maybe he's the guy that tests the NFL waters. You lose Cooper. You lose Bethune, Jamie Robinson, et cetera, et cetera. Man, what if what if Tate isn't going to be a really good drop back passer, conventional passer that Mike's had success with. And he has, and I, I think they'll be just I think they'll be fine with Tate Rodemaker. But like what if Jordan really is hiding a bunch of deficiencies or he's at least helping this team kind of multiply what their ability is because of his play. And I mentioned it earlier this week, I think, man, when you I, I think so much of their their running back passing game, so much of that stuff is a, a just his presence alone, man. It's a product yeah. of Jordan Travis. And even though he hasn't run the ball, the fact that he can. He, I mean, like, don't don't challenge him to run the ball on you because he'll he'll burn you. I, I, you start maybe thinking too about, you know, if you lose him, then man, they it's going to be tough to maybe fill that void. But let's well, yeah, sure. And I, I think again, we we talk about and we talked about a lot last year, but uh, you know, you're starting to come into fruition again with three straight games over 200 yards rushing. Is his impact on the running game even when he's not running? Yeah. Because they have. To take into account, they don't have to take Tate Rodemaker into account. They're not worried about him ripping off a seventy-yard run. He might run for a first down here and there, but they're not worried about him changing the game with one run. So you and you don't need a spy for Tate Rodemaker. Jordan Travis changes everything a defense does because of that athleticism. And look, man, there are just some plays. Most of the plays from that Georgia Tech game of his twenty-five completions, I would guess ninety percent of them Tate Rodemaker could have made. You know, some of them are very simple throws. Some of them are quick throws. But then the throw, the, the touchdown to Ja'Kai Douglas, is Rodemaker making that play? Uh, you know, I don't know. That play where Jordan Travis, he, he pulls it, scrambles, and then throws a lateral at the line of scrimmage. I mean, I only got five yards, but I don't know that Tate Rodemaker's making that play. There are just some plays that this kid can make. Even the last touchdown, maybe, or the second to last touchdown against Clemson. The fourth down scramble where he then finds Ja'Kai Douglas in the end zone. Those are plays that aren't necessarily schemed up that way, where it's just a special dude, a football player. Maybe I shouldn't call him special, but a football player making a play. And I don't know that that happens next year. Our Tate Rodemaker might be awesome. But my thought would be, as, you, as we brought this up, is, um, yeah, man, as long as Jordan Travis finishes this year the way that he's played the first eight games, um, I, would, uh, I would pull together some NIL money and see if you could – do your best to convince him. He not, might not want to stay. He's been in college a long time. A long time. I think he was a 2018 graduate. 17, maybe. Well, no, yeah, 17, he, he, he's been playing college football since 2018. Yeah. So uh, it's been a long time for Jordan Travis to be in college. He might just want to get on with his life. But you could also make him an offer he can't refuse. I'm not talking about a dead horse head in his bed. That's an option, too. But don't do it, though. Yeah. Don't wanna do go, it. You want to go to the Indy Combine? Yeah, go to Indy Combine. I'll carry, put this on your carry-on luggage. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so don't do that. But um, yeah, just it'd be like a uh, like just start burning fourth and fourteen shirts. <laughs> Get maybe Dillingham will call and be like, Jordan, you don't want to leave. Like Dillingham owes you a favor. They're boys, but if he if you got him to stay. As long as this, like, look, it, I, I guess this offense could fall off a cliff. I don't see that happening. I think it's one of the better offenses in the country. But if it keeps playing at this level and you have everybody coming back or most everybody coming back, man, that's something to really get excited about. And think about how much better this Jordan Travis is than the one that we saw last year. Yeah. And then now think about, okay, is he going to grow even more? Like he might grow into a, like a legitimate top five quarterback, like not just on PFF, but in y'all's minds. Like, yeah, we're going into a game with Jordan Travis. I like our chances. Like that's how much better he's gotten in a year. So you know, there's and last year he didn't get to play the whole season. He was hurt and there was he was pulled and subbed out. And if if this is the you think about the guy the way he looked against Notre Dame last year, even the way he looked against Syracuse last year, where they just wouldn't trust him to throw it more than two yards downfield. And now the way he's playing this position, it makes you think, oh man, he's he's getting almost exponentially better. So what if the this what if this growth rate, what if he doesn't plateau for a while and he's still on the climb, as we like to say? Mm. That would be a, he'd be a real handful to deal with next year, Aslan. Absolutely. LSU I'll tell you what, LSU wants him to leave. <laughs> I can tell you that much. They don't want to face him in uh, O Town. Brian Kelly, Matt House, yeah, they're gonna they give him money to leave. I'll pay hey, dang right. They're going to pull their NIL money together. Yeah. Um, all right. That's uh, about a wrap for us. I, I uh, real just real quickly kind of bearing a little bit of a lead. We did see Trayshawn Ward a little bit more active at practice on uh, Tuesday, which is a very good sign because I think as much as we like what Lawrence brings explosively and how strong and tough Trey Benson is, we, we kind of think that Trayshawn's probably your most well-rounded running back. So to see him back out there on practice Tuesday was a really good thing. And, man, there were just moments throughout practice where – they ran the ball so effectively, and um, maybe kind of goes back to a little bit of your Clemson second half. Well, they ran against Clemson the entire game, not just the second half, uh, but then also the amount of yards they put on Georgia Tech. Uh, Going to put a lot of stress on this Miami defense, a uh, whole lot of stress on this Miami defense, which, crazily enough, they're like the eighth-best defense according to Pro Football Focus. Yeah, man, they're good on defense. Like, yeah. like all those big numbers they've given up, you know, a lot of them are just because the offense keeps turning the ball over, pick sixes, giving the – uh, putting the defense at its own seven to try to stop a team. Like, yeah, they the defense is good. And if you give them a reason to be invested and be in the game and be energized, you're going to be in a game, and it's going to be tough. Uh, it'd be nice to uh, get on a lead, get a lead early and kind of maybe even try to put them away early, Aslan. What would you think about that? I'll take it. I'll take it. But, yeah, man, Kevin Seals just had a knack of figuring out big games, ways to slow down really good offenses. So it's going to be – you know, maybe the seven and a half doesn't make sense. Maybe that fifty-three number, whatever it is, makes sense. Maybe it will be one of those twenty-eight, twenty-four kind of win. Well, yeah, I'm fifty-eight in front of my face, but that's Alabama, LSU. So, what do you think? What do you think? We uh, we talked about it in headlines. I think I asked you, what's the race to? Jeff said twenty-one. First team to twenty-one oh. is going to win the game. Well, I mean, yeah, you can not stop at twenty-one. I thought thirty. I thought thirty guarantees you will win. Oh, absolutely, yes. Really, yes. twenty-four should guarantee you win, but thirty, I think, definitely guarantees you will win. I'd say 27. I don't think I don't even okay. know if 24 would. Because, again, man, like, that kid, he wants to put some good film on before he goes to the draft. And maybe, you know, the fact that he's even practicing, I think he kind of recognizes legacy sort of wise. Well, like, let me go out there and this is the biggest game in this team's schedule, yeah. this team's year every year. Let me, I can really go out and do something special for this team in my 
And teammates. I worry about as bad as those receivers have been. The Colby Lewis kid can play. The tight end is good. Yeah, and Restrepo I just worry about that. you giving up some deep balls, some jump balls that you don't catch that they do, um, that you can't deflect, or some nonsensical pass interference calls, or whatever it is. They're going to take some shots downfield. And Unless, if your corner it, it, falls, if he misses the ball, if he trips, if he just gets beat, you're going to give them some points. And who? Listen, fill in the gap. Who is Florida State's second best cornerback? Yeah, no, I got gotcha. you. It's, it's you, I don't know. I don't is it? I don't know. I don't think it's Duke Cooper. I don't think it's, it's Jarian Jones. Jarian Jones. I mean, he's he's out there in that role. Yeah. Is he though? Yeah. You know, so there's there's a couple of holes too here. But yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. We'll talk more this, about. Yeah, it later. this isn't like uh, this isn't like Dion versus Michael Urban. <laughs> yeah, it's, it ain't two and forty seven lineup across from one no. another, right? Oh, the good old days. You know, one thing I will always rue is the fact that I never did get to see a game in the Orange Bowl. You know, I think there's there should be some sort Don't of Florida State. Don't rue it too hard. Well, I mean, still, though, I mean, you know, that that, that place. It was a unique experience. I will say that. I went there probably. Well, I went there way too much as a kid. I definitely shouldn't have been there. My dad was taking me, though. I was there in 84. I was there in 86. I was there in 92. Two for the second wide right. I was there for 94, 96. Golly, I've been there. I was there a bunch. Uh, yeah, it's a, it, it could be rough. And I'll tell you this, as much grief as I give Miami fans, and rightly so, for those games, especially back then, and I went, my dad, I was lucky enough that my dad took me to all the places. I went to both Death Valleys. I went to Michigan. Uh, I went to the Swamp. The Orange Bowl for a Florida State game, a big game, was as loud as any of them. Louder. So they would get into it when it mattered. Um, it's just all the other games where they're terrible. But they, when they show up, they, especially back then, they were invested and they were very, very loud. Those were really tough places to play. The Sunlight, what is it? It's Hard Rock now? Yeah, Hard Rock, yeah. Uh, I still call it Joe Robbie. <laughs> it's still Joe um, Robbie to me. Yeah, yeah still Joe, Joe Robbie Stadium is not quite the same as uh, the Orange Bowl. Pro player for some of us. Right, that's right. Depends on when you grew up, <laughs> right. All right, we'll be back live tonight, 6 o'clock. But before that, the Jeff Cameron Show, 1 to 3 o'clock. Before that... Florida State actually practicing will be there the entire time watching it. Observations from Tom and Ira, as well as all the interviews with Coach Norvell and the players. So stay connected to WarChant.com. And remember, it's only 10 bucks to sign up for an entire year of WarChant.com. So get on it. Hop aboard. It's going to be a fun weekend. Lots of good content coming up. WarChant game day presented by Zaxby's. Pre-game shows, watch-alongs, post-game shows, everything. Warchant.com, we got you covered. He's Corey Maslin. Thank you so much for listening to Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.